Welcome to the Sex Magic Podcast, where we explore the connections between sexuality and spirituality, the various cultures and traditions of sex magic, and conversations about everything in between, led by a coven of curious modern witches. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Instagram is Sex Magic Podcast, our website is sexmagicpodcast.com, and if you want to send us an email, sexmagicpodcast at gmail.com. Today, we are going to be going back to the roots. We're going to be talking about sex magic, but not just sex magic, sex magic plus or minus, meaning how do we do sex magic with ourselves as single people, and how do we do sex magic with a partner or multiple partners? And I am joined, obviously, by my beautiful co-hosts, Isabella and Shady, and I'm Tosca. Hey, guys. (laughs) So we have been doing the Sex Magic Podcast for two years now. How is that possible? I feel as though like life has gone by so fast in the past two years. And yet it also so feels slow. like we've been doing this for a long time. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we could have been doing this for 10 months or 10 years. And, and you tell me that and I go, all right. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> but I guess we were developing it for a bit, or are you counting from when we first started developing it? Yeah, I'm counting because this will probably come out in June, and our first meeting ever was June 2018. So, wow. yeah. Simpler times. <laughs> Indeed. But I'm curious now that we've been doing this podcast for two years, how has our relationship with sex magic changed? And mm. What does it look like now for us? And what has it looked like? Yeah. I feel like for me, it encouraged me to get a lot more intentional with my sex magic and prioritize it more, but also to realize the level of sex magic I was doing that I didn't call sex magic. Mm. Yeah, I feel like I'm very much in the same boat because when – Tosca, you asked me to come on this podcast. I was just like, sure, I'll do it. Like, what are we talking about? And I've just learned so much throughout the course of it. And I'm still learning because last night I was thinking, okay, what what am I going to talk about in this episode? And I was like, you know, I'm not really sure if I do sex magic that much, at least not intentionally, which, you know, I'm sure people are like, wait, you're on this podcast. You must know everything about it. And I'm still very much a learner in it. So, Yeah. Yes, I love that. And I really love that this podcast is, you know, just about our curiosity and sharing that curiosity with others because I don't want to, you know, walk around saying that I am an expert in sex magic. The reason why I started this and maybe why you guys wanted to join is because it's something I'm passionate about and want to explore and want to continue learning. And there just was not enough information on sex magic. I think now in the past two years, more people are talking about it, which is awesome. But back in 2018, it seemed a bit more taboo. And (laughs) so, yeah, I don't know. I feel... I feel like my relationship with sex magic has been pretty intense. I came to it intuitively and started doing sex magic on my own and with partners and in BDSM practices and then kind of realized what I was doing. Um, And I've had a full range of experiences the past two years. I have been in a relationship. No, I'm not in a relationship. 
I have actually been in like five different polydynamics in the past two years. So I've been able to explore sex magic with multiple people. I've had sex magic in pagan orgies. Like I have done all of the things, you guys. (laughs) But now I'm at a place where my sex magic practice is just me. I just ended a long relationship, not just with one person, but with two people. I just ended my DS dynamic that was like a two-year dynamic as well. And, you know, it's, uh, it's freeing, it's exciting. And I really wanted to have an episode where we can talk about how to do sex magic when you've just gone through a breakup, how we can talk about sex magic when we are fully in love with our partners, when we're, you know, dating around and what sex magic looks like in all of those forms. Yeah, I think for me, my relationship to sex magic has primarily been solo and it's been a pretty recent addition to involve other people in a conscious way, I would say. Most of the sex I had before my current partner was during my phase of unconscious sex, unconscious life, all of it was a bit shit. So for me, I would say the bulk of my experience with sex magic is solo. And for me, the most accurate definition of sex magic in the way I practice it is just being really intentional about what type of sex I'm having and what I'm trying to create or do or feel with the sex. So if you have that as your definition, then it can be a bit easier to involve a partner because it can look pretty simple. Like my partner and I will often say to each other now, I think most of the time we have sex, we'll sort of be like, what type of sex do you want to have? Like that's kind of just what has become part of our language of like, is this going to be a elaborate BDSM sex feeling and again there's like the episode that we talked about where I talked about the colors of sex that's for me really relevant and maybe like a dark purple type of sex or do we want to just feel really snuggly and cozy and connected to each other so just having that intentionality before beginning the sex has been so beautiful for me in my life Mm -hmm. and I think yeah I also definitely do not feel like a sex magic expert even a little bit And the main thing I like talking about and teaching and encouraging people to do is figuring out their own relationship to it and how they want to practice and what it needs to look like for them to feel happy and fulfilled and curious and not following any one type of structure, even ritual, really. Yeah, I feel like sex magic has had a a lot of people – perceived it as being this very ritualistic thing, maybe mm-hmm. inspired by like the Aleister Crowley kind of experience that was in the you know 20th century. And, you know, you don't have to be like on this table surrounded by a bunch of other witches doing, you know, all kinds of things <laughs> like sex magic can look however you want it to look because you get to decide what it is to you. And that's what I love about, you know, the witchcraft path of spirituality is it's so deeply personal to your own definition of spirituality. Um, And yeah, for me, I feel like sex magic is having a divine connection to yourself and to spirit and to 
use your sexual energy as a way to deepen your spiritual practice. Yeah, I definitely thought that you needed to have the candles and the table and like the Ouija board and just everything out. I think my first experience with sex magic intentionally is when I bought a sex magic candle for New Tosca. And <laughs> me and my boyfriend at the time, we like set all this stuff and we were just looking into each other's eyes like in the dark. And we were just like, all right, so you just like go for it now. <laughs> Afterwards, I was like, I'm not sure if I did that right. But you know, it doesn't have to be this super serious methodical thing and I think sex magic for me has mainly been about you know understanding that it doesn't have to be strictly sexual you know it's about cultivating and harnessing different types of energy and you know whether that's just sensual or if it's primal I like to you know connect to that through um, sports a lot or activities, I guess, like martial arts, and I guess mainly now hula hooping. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't have to be just a straight up sex thing. So mm. yeah. I do want to talk a bit about how to have sex magic with your partner, because I think that's something we've actually really never explored on the podcast and I feel like I've had um, people come to me and ask specifically like how do I have sex magic with my partner Um, and my first piece of advice is to invoke every sensation and to set this space create sacred space both come together like you said Bella with an intention of what that practice is going to be focused on because you can do sex magic for manifestation you can do sex magic to connect to a specific deity or to connect to the universe spirit god whatever you want to call it you can you know use sex magic to connect deeper to your partner so you can use these tools in whatever way you want to, but I think combining intention, creating sacred space, and um, one of the the best tools I've found for sex magic, present in every culture and tradition of sex magic, Tantra, the Aleister Crowley stuff, is edging. Mm. Um, Because specifically, sexual energy, as I said on a previous episode, is life force energy. And the more you develop and nurture sexual energy, you will feel euphoric, the more you will feel connected to spirit and connected to that intention that you are seeking to focus on. So building that sexual energy through edging is a really beautiful way to practice sex magic and is present in literally every single sex magic text I've read throughout history. So I don't know what that looks like for you, but edging is something you can do with a partner or without. And that's a really accessible piece of sex magic that you can explore. So yeah, that's kind of like how I have sex magic with a partner is creating sacred space, coming together with an intention, maybe some eye gazing and a lot of edging. (laughs) I'm like drooling over here because I love edging. So I have done that. And I guess for people who aren't familiar with 
what edging is. It's where you bring yourself or your partner close to orgasm and then back off right before orgasm is reached. And then you build that sexual energy back up again. And you can just do that over and over. And I just love it because it focuses on, you know, the pleasure of the moment, not the outcome. And at least for me, mentally feeling like I have to get to a certain place, the fun and relaxation out of it for me. So I think in quarantine, edging yourself would be really fun. It's like a little bit of a challenge. And I think with all the retrogrades going on too, this is an opportunity to slow down and, you know, ask yourself, can you delay your own gratification for a bit? Um, how many times can you deny yourself and then have that final reward and release? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my first sexual experiences with myself, I edged. I just, that was something I intuited. I learned what, well, at that time, like, I remember reading or hearing about Kegels. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And so I used to read erotica in my, my the local library and I would sort of just like clench my thighs together and oh do kegels and like mm-hmm. I would just edge myself for hours doing that um so yeah That's like hot. edging yeah edging was such a like in the library part. too oh my god <laughs> such a sexy little scholar um yeah, so I think it can be such a beautiful, intuitive practice and something that we can definitely do solo. And But I'm actually really appreciating the reminder about partnered edging because I haven't done it with my partner in ages. And I mm. really like it. And I, I can definitely get locked on to orgasm as a, as a destination rather than just the experience as being orgasmic, mm. which I think people are always surprised when I say because... Like it's the opposite of everything I teach and work on with my clients. But just being honest, that's one of my shadows and one of the things I really struggle with. So mm. excited to bring back a bit more edging to my life. Yeah. You know, my first experience with edging was in BDSM. And it just doesn't surprise me that I felt a spiritual connection in BDSM right off the bat. Like all of these rituals and techniques are so interwoven. And yeah, edging was a huge part of my first DS dynamic. And orgasm control is something beautiful to play with. Um, And actually, I I think I remember reading somewhere that it physically is good for you. Like learning how to control your orgasms like has physical benefits as well. There's a lot of argument about that. There's usually, oh, really? yeah, from all the, the science I've read on it, there's like usually two camps of people that say mm. some people think it is and some people think it isn't. So I would just say experiment with it and see if it's something that really works for you because it really does for a lot of people. Mm, and like yeah. one of the ways I love to practice edging is doing a little bit of solo sex in the morning but getting myself to about like a seven or an eight if a 10 is an orgasm and a nine is the turning point where you can't come back from and then stop, do some breath work, really circulate that sexual energy through my body and then get up and get on with my day and try to see if I can keep that, I call it pilot light, try to keep that pilot light simmering throughout the day so Mm. that I can dip back in later and it's not as challenging to access. I'm so glad you brought up breath work because that is another huge part of sex magic that we get to work with, with a partner or without. And I don't think enough people are talking about 
integrating breathwork into your practice, I always feel so much more sensation and so much more connection to myself when I remember to breathe. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love to use my breath and my sexual energy together for healing. So like if I'm having a physical injury, I have no damage in my left foot from an from break I had a few years ago. Um, so sometimes I'll do some edging and build up that really strong sexual energy. And then either at the point of orgasm or when I'm like at an eight or a nine, if I'm not going to have an orgasm, I use my breath to circulate that energy straight into my foot for healing. Um, and I've also done that instead using chakra work and bringing it into my heart chakra, which feels really nice to have an orgasm mm. and then breathe that rush of beautiful life force energy directly into my heart. Yeah, I'm not quite an expert in breath work, but I do know there are various techniques in breathing. And I just uh, did a, a healing on Zoom. Uh, someone taught uh, this one pattern where it was like using uh, two inhales and then an exhale and uh doing all that through the mouth. And mm. that was really, really intense. So that was just one technique. And I know there are so many out there. So I feel like our listeners could just go on YouTube and explore all the different patterns of breath work and see what works for you and try to do that maybe first as you self-pleasure and then maybe experience it with a partner. Um, I like to try things on my own before. Oh, <laughs> yes. You yeah. want to be like grounded in a practice before you bring someone else in, which is relevant mm. to this topic. Um, <laughs> plus <Indeed>. or minus. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking um, on the topic of solo sex and breath work, this one's a bit odd. Um, but so some of our listeners may, have been, may not be familiar with Wim Hof and Wim Hof breathing. If you're not, look him up. He's an incredible and fascinating human being. But he has a lot of, he teaches a lot about cold exposure and the benefits of cold exposure. And he has a specific breathwork um, pattern that he suggests. Though I've also heard him say, just breathe in and out of any hole you've got, which is hilarious. And he's amazing. <laughs> um, but so one of the things I really like to do is cold showers, especially in the morning, but at any time of day. And I do the breathwork in the shower. You can do it while the shower's still warm if you need to like build it up or you do it before you turn the cold water on and you're going straight in. Then it's your cold shower and it's so fucking good and it's so charging and I get out of the shower like giggling and so activated and I love anything to do with, um, not, not anything to do with, I love pain. <laughs> should, should be more specific, not anything to do with it. I love pain and discomfort and pushing myself. So I find that to be a really fun way that I top and bottom for myself simultaneously. Mm. And it's super sexy and super solo and I love it. And those are great for your nervous system too. Oh, it's so, good for yeah. everything. It's so <laughs> good for the body, the mind. It's good for your mental health. Mm. It's one of those things where beforehand – you will spend some time arguing with yourself to try to convince yourself you don't need to do it. <laughs> but I always just remember after I'm done, I never think, oh, I really regret doing that cold shower. <laughs> yeah, Bella, I remember you talking about the cold shower thing a while ago, and I hate being cold. <laughs> but like after one warm shower, normally after I get out, I immediately like wrap myself in the towel. And I was like, you know, I'm going to not put the towel on immediately. <laughs> 
And then after about 30 seconds, I was like, okay, I'm done. But still, <laughs> I was like, that's good enough. Like baby steps, you know? Yeah. I feel, oh, there are just so many things we could talk about with sex magic, but for sex magic plus or minus, I wanted to kind of lead into breakups and how we could use sex magic for breakups because I'm going through it and, mm. you know, talk about what you know. Um, and for me, you know, it has been so challenging to feel sexual and I don't feel ashamed about saying that. I think that it's very normal and very healthy and, you know, just whatever. But one thing that has been inspiring me to connect to my sexual energy is working with healing the sacral chakra and working with uh, healing the heart and also connecting to uh, goddess energy. And I do a lot of my sex magic self-pleasure practices um, envisioning that I am making love to the goddess. And sometimes it will be a specific goddess and sometimes it will just be like, you know, the, the all, all-knowing, all-powerful goddess, capital G. Um, but I think it's really important to have a self-awareness of where your sexual energy is at after a breakup um, because, you know, people have put a lot of pressure on finding a rebound and bouncing back and thinking about what's next. And we don't take a second to just be like, I'm alone. That's okay. I'm going to be with my alone for a while and see what that's like. What's my sexual energy when I'm just by myself? I went through a, you know, a three-year-long relationship. I need a little bit of time to reconnect to my sexuality again. And that's beautiful. So how can I bring sex magic into this period of time in which I'm reconnecting and reawakening and reigniting myself? Mm, that's so beautiful. Yeah, I... After I left my ex-husband, I, which was a terribly abusive relationship, I felt so just broken and also really non-sexual and non-sensual. And it, it was such a catalyst point for me to realize how, how much of my sexuality, once I started engaging with other people, was just in reflection to who I am, in reflection to them. And what I presume they're looking for in this sexual encounter and then being a little chameleon so that I could be exactly that. So for me, going through that breakup was the opportunity I really needed to really check in with myself and call in my higher self. And I went through a period of celibacy and it was so beautiful and so healing. And mm. I worked a lot with rose quartz and rose and roses and it was so beautiful to sit in the discomfort without trying to fix it and then slowly, really slowly and tenderly and gently learn about myself. I felt like I was dating myself and really getting to know who I was and what I wanted and it was so profoundly healing and has really shaped my personal and professional life. Wow. So powerful what you said, Bella. <laughs> I, I relate to that. I, I had an experience. Uh, it was really bizarre a few weeks ago. Um, I was in the kitchen and this phrase 
just kind of came to me and it was my sexuality is defined by what I let other people do to me. Mm. And it was so, so intense. Like, I don't know like who was speaking to me, but I heard that inner voice of like my own deep knowing and really sat with that. And because of it, I, I decided to end that DS dynamic. So really allowing myself to be completely alone and really reflect like what, what are the patterns we, we repeat in relationships? Because if we don't take this time for self-reflection, which is, again, this is the witch's way. This is aligning with the cycles of death and rebirth. This is the period of the waning moon, of the dark moon. So this is kind of where I'm at. How, how can I reflect on who I've been so if I want to change, I can decide who I want to become? Maybe I don't want to let other people define my sexuality. <laughs> And, you know, I don't think this is, this is a, you know, this is a common experience. I think a lot of us lose ourselves in relationships and sex magic can be a way to take ownership of your sexuality. I found that one practice that's been really helpful is writing myself letters. Um, so I wrote myself a letter, a letter to myself in a state of heartbreak and from the voice of my future self, mm. writing to my current self. So kind of connecting to the wisdom of whoever I'm going to be, who's going to be like, you know, thriving and stuff to help heal where I'm at right now. So that's been a practice um, that I would say is a sex magic practice that is really healing for a breakup. And if you're there, I suggest you write yourself a letter. That is so beautiful too, Tosca, because like, What's the, um, have either of you watched uh, Natasha Leon's new show? What is it called? Where is it Russian like, Doll? Yeah, Russian Doll. Have you watched I haven't, that? but I heard it's I really have. good. It it's is so really good. good. It's what reminded me of my favorite childhood book, Emily of New Moon, which I'm rereading. But there's this line in it where she says, life is a, bo- a box of timelines, which mm-hmm. I really love. And so when you said that of like writing the, letter from your future self to your current self in that state of heartbreak it just also reminds me of if we sit and this is me going way off into my own consciousness and maybe isn't very mainstream or relatable for some but is to me all those things are happening simultaneously it's just our arbitrary Mm. construct of time so in that sense you're immediately connecting into the wisdom that you have in the future which you currently have now because otherwise you wouldn't be able to even write that letter I am so glad you brought this up because I have a very similar perspective on time. Um, I think that time is not linear. It can look linear, but really we have lived all of our life already and we have yet to live all of our life and it's all happening at the same time. And I don't think we'll ever fully understand time, but it's so much fun to just kind of explore this concept. But yeah, you can tap into your inner child. You can tap into your inner crone. You can, you know, visualize and go back into memories and use that as a portal for healing. And you can use the vision of your future self to help you with wherever you are now. Get some wisdom from from that 50-year-old, 60-year-old self. Um, so yeah, yeah, I love that. There's a goddess that I've, uh, recently started, 
um, not really working with as much as just researching and really curious about. Um, I had never heard of her before. And then I read of her just very briefly in a novel. Someone mentioned her and I was like, wait, what? How have I never heard of this goddess before? <laughs> and I was chatting to my friend, Gabby Hurstick, who we're having on this season as well, who I look to as like the one in my life that knows all the goddesses. I called her up and said, do you know this goddess? And she said, no. So I thought, okay. <laughs> and then you feel a bit better about knowing, not knowing her. Uh, Hell, do you know her? Yes, I do yes, not. I do. She's a Norse. She's a Norse goddess. And the, the what I had learned about her that I was so fascinated by because I'm very interested my whole life in Persephone, the high priestess, and kind of the paradigm of being one foot in the underworld and one foot in this one because that's how I've always intuitively felt and seen myself. And so Hell, for anyone that doesn't know, is uh, the Norse goddess of the dead. And what was so interesting to me about her in, in the mythology I read, and I'm I'm still researching and there's so many different um, takes on her is that when you die, she greets you and then she teaches you how to live backwards until you're reborn again. So I was just thinking of this paradigm as you're, you were saying that Tosca of what if as we go through a breakup, we see that as a death, right? The death of the relationship. So then how can we learn to live backwards so that we can truly learn about ourselves mm. and come to ourselves in a rebirth of fresh knowing while having relearned that? Mm. So this is maybe like wow. going off. This is more esoteric than I usually no, get on this podcast. No, but so perfect. And, and also like how do you remain hopeful and tender in your future relationships while also learning those harsh lessons from your your failed ones yeah well not failed they're successful because they needed to end and that makes them a success okay well I'm not there yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah I remember when I was that relationship I was speaking to earlier with my ex-husband um I remember after we broke up there was this particular moment I was walking through um Westwood actually And I was thinking to myself, I need to make a conscious effort to not harden my heart because I have been so shattered to the core of me by this relationship that it would be really easy for me to become really tough and really hard. And that would be a much greater loss than the loss that I've suffered through this relationship. So Mm -hmm. for me, it was in learning not how to be less tender or less giving or less loving with anyone, but how to pick the people I gave that to more carefully. That was the greatest lesson I learned from that relationship. Well, I remember you gave me this advice, like just as the breakup happened at Canner's Deli over a bowl of matzo ball soup before that poetry reading. And that was like Such one a great of the night. last outings that I had. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wisdom is just so good. So thank you for sharing that. Big pleasure. It's, it's the best lesson I got from such a <laughs> fucking painful period. And I'm so glad that I did that really deep work with myself after that relationship and became fiercely unapologetic about who I am because my current primary partner who I'm with now, and it's about to be, I think, our five years together this year. Yay. Wow. Um, <laughs> has been the deepest wisdom and magic I've ever encountered. Um, An incredible opportunity to actually understand who I am through Mm. someone else's eyes who knows me deeply and unlearning the ideas I have about myself instead, like really truly saying, okay, 
all this shit that I think is the fault of other people is probably just myself, like reflecting my trauma onto them. And the relationship I have with my current partner, not to just like wax too lyrical because I'll bore my fucking eyes out, but (laughs) is like the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced in my life. I was actually crying about it this morning and then went and told him. Um, I just couldn't have dreamed of a relationship like this. And I, I remember a particular moment where I was sitting on the kitchen floor of my ex-husband in my apartment crying late at night, just crying. And he had said to me, you'll never do better than me after being really abusive and sitting there thinking, is that true? Is that really true? That's what I thought about over and over again. Is that true? Is that true? And then in this relationship, I think how grateful I am that in every past relationship I had, I went, whether that person said that to me or not, I had the realization of that's not true. Whatever this relationship is, however good or bad it is, it's not enough for me. It's not a pure reflection of who I am and who I want to be in partnership. So the deeper and clearer we can get on who we are and who we want to be in partnership, that's the level of partner you bring in for yourself. And now I come to my relationship from a place of if it fell apart, of course I would be crushed beyond belief. But I also would inherently know deep in my core that that meant, oh my God, what is the partner that is even more perfect for me than this one? So that Mm. feels really powerful and magical for me. And I, I only want everyone to feel that way. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) I've cried so much today. Which leads us into the next step of sex magic plus or minus. How can we call in a lover using sex magic or using witchcraft or using intentional spirituality? And I think what you just said is like having such a deep awareness of yourself, of what you need and what you want and actually really envisioning all of the characteristics and qualities and you know, ideas of what you seek in a partner is just so important. Um, I'm not really there yet in, in my path. Like I've, I've done this before, but I don't think I was clear enough. And I think having such specificity in what you want is so important. Um, and then, you know, relaxing and releasing and letting the universe give you what you need. Um, but yeah, it's also like if you're going through a breakup, it's okay not to quite be ready to call in a lover. Yeah. You know, there will be a time when I feel ready to be that specific. Um, but I think uh, I think that sex magic is a really beautiful way to invoke a lover, and it doesn't have to be a forever lover. It can be just a casual fling. That's okay too. <laughs> Yeah, I think quarantine too is opening up that space to really sit with our thoughts and trying to figure things out. And it doesn't have to be done right away. We're not going to get that clarity all at once. So just remembering to be very gentle with yourself and letting it come to you naturally. Yeah, I think the practice I did that was most powerful to bring in my partner was I wrote a list as I think a lot of us have done, of what we wanted a partner. But then what I did was I wrote a second list of how I want to feel. So and so it puts yourself in it really actionably in terms of manifestation. So I want a partner who's funny turns into, oh, and I should add, you put yourself in how you feel as if it's currently happening. So 
I want a partner that's funny comes from a place of lack, comes from a place of not having and not knowing. And so you would change that to, I love having a partner whose sense of humor I share. We have so much fun laughing together. So I made this really long list of exactly how I wanted to feel in a relationship. And then I would say those things over and over and over again to the point that my friends would tease me, be like, you're mental, which I am. Um, <laughs> they said, this is so silly, you and your imaginary partner. But I just went, yeah, don't care. I, and the more I did it, the more I repeated those affirmations, the more I felt it to the point that sometimes I couldn't remember if I did or not, just for a brief second, you know, for a brief second, you might think, oh, that is good how I have that. Mm. Then you go, oh, well, in, in again, life is a box of timelines. You do kind of currently have it. And the partner I was able to call in did meet all those things and, and does make me feel all those ways. And I think also doing that work in advance of meeting the actual person helps you deal with a portion of worthiness. Um, oh yeah, I actually deserve to have someone that, you know, has their shit together or is really good in bed or whatever it is that you specifically want so that you can mm-hmm. really call, you get yourself to that vibration and then you attract people that are also in that vibration instead of thinking, I don't have any of this stuff. This is all the stuff I want. And it's, it's sort of reaching and, and coming from a place of lack and needing. It's not very attractive mm. in terms of energy. Definitely. I actually have a, a love spell to invoke love that is pretty similar to that, but it's in ritual form. Um, I will put that in our Patreon. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, you get to see the spell. But yeah, I think for me, what I'm focusing on and the sex magic ritual I'm using to invoke love is to become the lover Mm. that I desire. Oftentimes when I get into a relationship with someone or if I fall in love with someone, it's because they have qualities that I wish I had. So if I can treat myself, love myself, show up for myself in the ways that I seek in others, then I think I will be able to invoke the love that I need because I'm coming from a place of fullness, a place of wholeness. That's so beautiful. So I'd love to share some of our fun sex magic memories if we have them. Um, I have one that I want to share. <laughs> so this was a couple years ago. Um, this was one of my more crazy adventures. And uh, Shady, you'll remember when I, I did this, I went to Portland to meet someone I had never met before, but had like been communicating with and writing love letters to and, and poetry for and all that stuff. And uh they are a magician. I won't say their actual um, <laughs> career, but it was pretty similar to that. So they were a magician and I was to follow them and join them on this road trip from Portland down to Los Angeles um, as they did their magician show on the road. And the first night I got there, we went to someone's home in Oregon and had a sex magic kind of experience. Those words were not used, but 
we were in a temple. We were we stayed in a temple of Venus, like it literally oh. was a shrine. Like there was, we were sleeping in the temple. I was on my period, so using blood magic and sex magic is like so next level. Yeah, it was it was one of the most intense uh, sex magic experiences I've had. It was uh, awesome, and I think because there was a lot of intention surrounding us in that space and the space was so beautiful and also just kind of like connecting sexual energy and that was lovely so that is beautiful (laughs) the one that comes to mind for me is a solo solo sex session I had with myself where it was a while ago maybe a year or so ago and I was doing some money magic and I was masturbating on my bed in front of our like full-length mirror so sort of like towards the edge of the bed with my knees up so I could see my face and my vulva and I was imagining I think I've probably talked about this before because it's like a common one I do but I was imagining a golden cock fucking me that is just a pure (laughs) abundance and I was doing this like really intense breath work while I was doing it and like my whole body was like undulating and floating and I couldn't really tell where I was in space and time. And it was just (laughs) fucking epic. And then I can't remember exactly what I said, but like, as I came, I made unflinching eye contact with myself in the mirror and just said some (laughs) shit, like you are abundance, you are money, you are magic, like some really intense shit and came making like unbreaking eye contact with myself. And that was fun. (laughs) Wow. That's great. Yeah, I think for me, since, you know, I feel like most of the sex magic that I've done has probably been unintentional, mostly edging. But I remember after this one night of just edging this guy to like oblivion and Tosca, you came over and we were chilling. And then I think I told you about it, like maybe halfway through when we were hanging and you were like, I knew that you like had good sex last night. I could just tell, (laughs) but you know, I did, I did have that glow. I did just feel so abundant after just hours of edge play. I think I remember that. I remember the glow for sure. It was palpable. (laughs) I was just like skipping around like, (laughs) you were such a sadist and I love it. (laughs) I'm learning that. Yeah, I am. Um, well, this has been a really fun episode. I feel like we got quite vulnerable, shared mm-hmm. lots of fun things about ourselves. Um, and for our listeners, if you want to share your rituals or your experiences of sex magic, we have a Facebook group that is available for our Patreon subscribers. And I would really love to connect with you there. We are all in there and active and it's a really beautiful place for us to connect and continue these conversations. So thank you for tuning in today. We have to see you there. Love you all. Hey there, Tosca here. So I wanted to take a quick moment to share with you all about how you can support the Sex Magic Podcast. If you haven't already, you should follow us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. 
pretty much everything is under Sex Magic Podcast. You can also find us at sexmagicpodcast.com and we have all of our links there. But most importantly, we recently launched our Patreon and it's really important to support us because our collective of co-hosts offers a diverse perspective on sex and magic. Though we each come from various backgrounds and cultures, our unifying passion is to empower and explore sexuality, spirit, and the occult in a safe and approachable environment. Each week, we offer a new episode on a fresh subject in the realm of spirituality and sexuality. We interview a variety of guests, from authors to psychologists to witches and beyond. We strive to share content that is educational, inspirational, and mystical. So join us on our journey through sex magic by supporting the work we do. Every dollar goes towards propelling us forward and will allow us to continue creating podcasts. By supporting our podcast, you'll join our community and be part of the conversation. Our Patreon patrons will gain access to various resources, rituals, recipes, and behind-the-scenes access. With more funding for our Sex Magic podcast, Coven can dedicate more time to crafting sacred offerings to our supporters, sex magic courses, videos, spell books, and we really would love for you to be part of our sexy little coven.